Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, Michael here on Savage Unfiltered. The latest coming out of the Mar-a-Lago raid. A judge now grants the request for Trump. Check this out, guys. You know, this is, is this really, is this, yeah, this is big. This is big. She finally said that, that Judge Eileen Cannon, there was a lot of question as to why she didn't make a decision last week. She says, look, he's entitled to a special master. This is an unprecedented situation. We need to make sure that we have confidence that America has confidence in the criminal justice system. So she said, we're going to I'm going to appoint a special master. You have until September 9th. Both of you can give me recommendations, whether it's a former judge or an attorney. She'll make the ultimate decision. The government is saying, no, 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 we don't want a special master. We've got our own team over here, Team DOJ. And the judge. All right, guys, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Welcome, guys. Um, wow, we're in September already, right? The uh, year's going by quick, guys. I um, I have a, a really, really uh, a big, big uh, story to open up the show today. Uh, been a wild week, uh, needless to say. Uh, guys, we have a new story breaking out, um, and I've seen this on the uh, the Orlando Sentinel. Now, there is a, um, a new request uh, that the Trump legal team put in effect, um, and this is literally like breaking news, guys. Uh, just coming out uh, earlier this morning that a request granted – for special master to review documents uh, from the latest of the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, judge's ruling is legal, literally a legal win for Trump, if, if, if you want to break it down like that, guys. Now, you know, what does this say? Well, in a legal victory, um, uh, just this past Monday, which was yesterday, um, For former President Donald Trump, a federal judge granted his request for a special master to review documents seized by the FBI from his former Florida home and temporarily halted the Justice Department's use of the records for investigative purposes. Now, what does that mean by that, folks? Well, the temporary halted decision. Um, halted by the Justice Department. So that means they cannot investigate. It's it's basically halted, right? You, no, nothing can be done. That's what happens when you uh, put a request in for uh, a special master to review these documents. Because literally, if you've been paying attention, folks, uh, literally uh, week after week since it's been unfolding, uh, Earlier last month, pretty much in the middle of last month, right? Uh, we're now into almost a half a month going into a full month of since this has happened. Um, the decision literally uh, by the U.S. District Judge Aline Canyon uh, authorized an outside legal expert to review the records taken during the August 8th search and to weed out the rest of the investigation that might be protected by claims of attorney-client privilege or an executive privilege. Now, some of those records, folks, 
were ultimately uh, returned to Trump. But the judge put off a ruling on question. Now, this is on question, folks. Okay. Now, the order came despite Strenguis, which said a special master was not necessary. Oh, that's not necessary. Well, what the hell are they afraid of, right? Are they afraid that uh, these documents contained no classified information, that these documents were sealed, right, or unsealed? Excuse me. These documents were unsealed. I have to put correction in there. Thank you. Uh, were unsealed by the former president himself. So if they were unsealed and they weren't classified, what else do they have on the former president? I think you know what I'm going with that, right? Bullshit. Exactly. Now, the order almost certainly shows the pace of the department's investigation into the presence of top secret information at Mar-a-Lago, particularly given to judges' directive that the Justice Department may not fool as part of its investigation into the storage of government secrecy at the Florida property. Now, the injunction is in place until the yet-to-be-named special master completes his or her analysis. So we don't know what's going to happen or unfold from here. We just have to uh, make assumptions, guys. Now, I, I wanted to bring into the show with that because I thought it was uh, very breaking um, pieces of information that the listeners and viewers here uh, deserve to be heard across uh, not only my show, but um, across the panel of podcasting. Um, so I'm quite interesting, uh, interested of what's going to happen next to un- unfold. Now, guys, I want to break into this other um, story coming out here uh, because I want to first and foremost, I want to label the show, you know, America, United We Stand, Divided We Fall. OK, and the reason behind that is we're literally falling every single day. We're not becoming united. We're falling. We're, we're, a, we're a failing nation, folks, literally a failing nation. Now, this next story uh, came out um, late last week. I do apologize for just airing it now. I had a busy weekend, but obviously the folks that do follow me on social media um, have seen some of the video that I posted on Instagram, um, Instagram. Rumble and TikTok, uh, tremendous, tremendous type of uh, uh, content that I posted, and I thought it was very interesting that former mayor of Atlanta, uh, now uh, part of the Biden administration as a senior advisor, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, right? <laughs> she is now agreeing. is agreeing to the Philadelphia speech. Check this out, guys. I see words of encouragement. I see optimism. I see a commander-in-chief who is calling out to all of us, no matter our political affiliation. All of us? He wasn't calling out to the MAGA supporters, certainly. He he mentioned them more than a dozen times as a threat to democracy. Has the president essentially given up on those MAGA Republicans, some 70 million people? Well, what the president has done is said that he will continue to work with mainstream Republicans, that he will work with Democrats, that he will work with independents to get things done in our country. But this MAGA Republican agenda 
this hate-fueled agenda, this Republican agenda. You know, I... I, I I I just I, I don't know I I scratch my head on it because you know that's it's uh you know this is a former mayor right uh you know literally desperate for attention uh, we all seen what happened uh, in the last turnaround so to speak uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms crying out uh for her city when she was the one that was responsible for all the causes and all the conflicts in the city of Atlanta. Does everybody remember that? That there was such a huge police uh, crisis under the leadership of Lance Bottoms. Yeah, we've seen that. I I was living in Atlanta uh, last year when that had, had, had happened. So a former... A former uh, mayor of that city, now a senior advisor. I, I find that very intriguing that she goes from being a mayor to being part of the senior advisement team under the Biden administration. Very, very intriguing, if you ask me. Uh, where she goes in the video and, and she was actually on, you know, ABC's this week where the anchor of that show was asking her, well, how does that, how is the president say he's a president for all of Americans? But then again, at the end of his speech last Thursday in Philadelphia, he says that, I am willing to work with for all Democrats, all Republicans, but I refuse to work with these MAGA Republicans because they are a threat to our way of life. He used the words democracy, folks, but we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. It's a difference. I, I truly hope that you understand the difference. Now, he used those words very loosely. A threat to our republic, our threat to our way of life, our constitutional values. Oh, but then again, the president doesn't take any responsibility or actions towards the 2020 and 2021 summer riots of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Doesn't take any responsibility for that. That's okay. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) You know, you go to question, are we really a falling nation? Savaged unfilled. Hey, guys. If you're looking for a steak, I know it's hard to find steak, right? You know, a lot of restaurants that just overcooked, undercooked, just not to your taste buds, right? You want that juicy steak. Look no further than Omaha Steak. I love them, guys. Love them. If I didn't love them, why wouldn't I be promoting them on the podcast today? Go over to Omaha Steaks, okay? They are phenomenal, guys. The juiciest steak you'll ever taste in your life, okay? A lot of people are like, well, how does it get delivered to your house? You know, with gnats and bugs going to get into it. And no, 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 it's not. You don't have to worry about all that. It is in a sealed 
perishable bag delivered to your house. So you don't have to worry about the gnats and the bugs get into it. It's fresh from the time they ship it from their distribution center to the time it arrives at your house. The juiciest steak you'll ever have in your life, guys. Check them out today. Omaha Steaks. Love them. They're phenomenal. Savage Unfiltered. When you hear this type of rhetoric, this type of garbage, well, a lot are questioning the same thing, folks. A lot are questioning the same thing. It's it's crazy. You know, that we've we've went from literally just in two years, folks. In two years. We went from a third world nation to a full blown dictatorship to now between a mixture of a dictatorship into a banana republic. It's it's appalling. It really is. That we are literally becoming a failing nation. Literally. It's it's I, I just I, I just don't understand how we've became this way. When we have a nation that is literally on life support, literally on life support from the policies of this corrupted administration. And most panelists would agree that we are probably the most corrupted or one of the most corrupted nations in the entire world. Sure, we have a president that doesn't have huge interests of America. We live under a America last under this president. Everybody remember when former President Donald Trump actually put America first, brought good pay and jobs, built the economy. Do we see this under Joe? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, uh, another article here I want to get into uh, real quick before I uh, have to get a uh, quick break in. Uh, Coming out of the national viewpoint. Now, Republicans are now saying this, that Republicans need to get serious about Social Security. Well, what does this mean? Well, for those who are on Social Security or those people that know somebody that's on Social Security, this 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 article is probably going to blow blow your socks off here. That we've reached a point in the midterm election, folks, where Democrats insist that Republicans are itching to destroy Social Security. The usually gambit is to take stray comments from one or two Republicans and pretend that they represent a secret or sinister plan. Now, we all remember back in October of 2018, just a short four years ago, that Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell observed that there was a bipartisan reluctance to tackle entitlement changes. Now, his Democratic counterpart, Chuck Schumer, said he had to show who the Republican Party really is. Now, Schumer even got some reporters to buy a spin that McConnell had had said that the GOP will push cut spending on Medicare 
Medicaid, and Social Security if it retained control of the Senate, <laughs> if it controlled of the Senate. <laughs> you hear those words very loosely, don't you, folks? Now, in the elections a few weeks later, Republicans expanded their control of the Senate, and they didn't even move to cut any of those programs. It was just, it was just a campaign push, a campaign broken promise. Now, folks, I, you know, the Republicans now today, which some good, some bad, some are very weak, some are very strong, okay? You see that on both sides. We do. That Republicans are not plotting to undermine Social Security. They don't even have a plan to fix it, which is a pity. And not all Republicans are, 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 literally committing to this. These are usually shown by rhinos, people that support the establishment, the radical left agenda. That's what you're seeing. Now, for benefits for the American retiring today, even adjusting for inflation, are about a third higher than they were for those who retired 20 years ago. Get that, folks, 20 years ago. Huge, huge interest. Now, if we want benefits to keep growing as projected, we need to have a broad-based tax increase. But for most Americans that would prefer to keep their taxes low and save the money themselves, for that to work, we have to moderate the growth of benefits. And what does that say? They need to keep up with the inflation, but do not raise much more. <laughs> uh, I need you to, you know, understand the the wording there, folks, because that 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 some of that is absolutely true. You know, that for instance, some Republicans aren't talking about such reforms. Instead, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin now running for re-election, has said that Social Security should become a discreditational program funded by the government in each year's budget. And this also goes to Senator Rick Scott of Florida has proposed a – excuse me – proposed requiring that all government programs, presumably, but not including Social Security – to get affirmative renewal every five years. This also goes with Blake Masters running for the Senate in Arizona said during the primaries, maybe we should privately socialize Social Security. Privately? I wonder what he means by that. Private, private retirement accounts get the government out of it? Okay. But folks, these comments are just a base of the current Democratic scare campaign. But none of these ideas is going anywhere. None of them. Folks, in my own personal opinion, I don't want to privatize Social Security. Because when you privatize something, 
that allows third entities to do whatever the hell they please with it. And that's my opinion on it, folks. Uh, guys, I got to get into a quick break here, quick sponsor here on the show. And uh, thank you to Liv Rishi, uh, Liv Rishi CBD uh, products. Thank you very much. They've been supporting the show for the last three months. Guys, check out LivRishi.com uh, for amazing CBD oil products that are not only great uh, for bruises, rashes, just about everything, guys. They come in oil. They come in cream form. Um, everything, guys. Check them out. LivRishi.com. Uh, use that promo code Savaged Unfiltered. We're going to give you 20% off your entire order. 20% off, guys. You, you, I mean, it's you, you can't beat it, especially in today's times. Everybody looking to save a little bit of money, a little moolah, right? Head over to LiveRishi.com. Make sure you tell them that you, you, you mentioned, mentioned this. Very important, guys, on the show, that you heard it on Savage Unfiltered podcast, Okay. And they're going to give you 20% off your entire order on us. Great deal, guys. Back here on the show, guys. Uh, you know, uh, just recently here, um, Larry Elder. Uh, we all remember Larry Elder, the former candidate uh, that was running for Calif California, right? The governor of California. Now, Larry Edler. Either ugh, where's my wording today? Was on Tucker this past uh, past week, and he's now saying that Biden has no interest or intention in solving the sane, insane crime because we're seeing insanity right now. Uh, for those again who have paid attention to me on my social media, check out some of the content. We're seeing crazy amounts of crime in Atlanta, Detroit. Uh, California, New York City, Wisconsin, on that list, folks. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I put out a uh, video just the other day of literally like crime that you would see in a third world nation. We're seeing this crime going up because of the big lie. The big lie that the Biden administration is literally painting to the picture. Day by day, this is some of the crap. Check this out, guys. Let's talk about the police. The police in city after city, whether it's L.A., whether it's Chicago, whether it's New York, they are demoralized by this lie that they are engaging in systemic racism against minorities, that they're using deadly force against minorities just because they're black. And they're no longer engaging in proactive policing. They're not engaging in some form of stop, question, and frisk, which happened under the Giuliani regime in New York that caused a deep, deep decline uh, in crime. Even Mayor Rahm Emanuel, the Democrat mayor of Chicago, even said uh, when he was mayor that the Chicago police had, quote, gone fetal, close quote, meaning they weren't engaging in You know, now the, uh, the crime that we're seeing in uh, pretty much all over the country is, uh, is literally out of control, out of control. And I, and I can tell you that some of the crime here in Florida is no better, although Governor Ron DeSantis has been keeping the state somewhat sane, right? I use those words loosely, sane. He's enforcing law and order in this country, which is great. Very, very good stuff coming out of the governor's office of Florida. Now, 
I want to get into this last article here before uh, before we cut it off here because bonus episode, guys. Uh, uh, the Savage Brief. We like to keep them in between twenty to twenty five minutes, uh, just to kind of throw in some last minute things that are trending on the internet here and on social media. Now there's a there's an article coming out of uh, out of the New York Post, which sometimes I don't even have the uh, the interest of even reading that garbage of a newspaper. Uh, it is, folks. I used to read the news New York Post when I lived in uh, Manhattan uh, years and years and years ago, and I could tell you that you know some of the some of the stuff there was actually you know worth reading. Uh, now the newspaper has gone from literally uh, unbiased news to literally straight up one-sided uh, news of, of a newspaper. They, they side with one damn side and that's it. Now this uh, is coming out here. Uh, headline here, abortion politics are shifting voter rolls. <laughs> A great old nice little picture on there. You will see the picture there. That we will not go back with a like a uh, a hanger or something. Uh, you know, a coat hanger with blood dropping down it. You know, another one. My body, my choice. We need to talk about the elephant in the womb. <laughs> the elephant in the womb, huh? I don't stand where they get these maniacs of these crazy nut jobs today. Now, folks, the uh, the female registration rose in some states uh, following the Rose end. We all remember uh, Roe v. Wade, right? It's pretty much dying out of the uh, newspapers and out of media. But some media outlets and newspapers are still plugging that information in. Now, in the first few weeks of this year, more than half of uh, Kansansons, right, people that live in Kansas, who registered to vote were men. And that changed after the uh, Supreme Court overturned the Roe v. Wade. In the week after the court's decision, more than 70% of newly registered voters in Kansas were women. According to the analysis of the state's registered voter list, an unusual high level of new female restrictions persisted that all of the way until the Kansas primary last month. When strong Democratic turnout helped defeat the re-referendum, excuse me. Like I said, guys, I think I need a cup of coffee. My words aren't really there. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mackenzie. That's Love you. <laughs> My girlfriend here, she's always there on the spot here for, thank you. I needed that coffee, I'm not telling you. But the, uh, the Kansas figures that are most pronounced example of the widely increase in registration were among women since the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court. Now, this is according to analysis of 10 states with available voter registration data. Now, on an average, in the month after Dobbs, 55% of the newly registered voters in those states were women. According to the analysis, up to just 50% before the decision was leaked in early May. Now, the increase varied greatly across 10 states, Alabama, Florida, Idaho, Kansas, Maine, New Mexico, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania. With some states showing a pronounced surge in 
the share of new registrants who were women and others showing little change at all. Now, folks, the total number of women registering to vote in those states rose by about 35% after the decision. Now, this is compared with the month before the leak. Now, for men, it rose 9%. What is that showing, folks? And I'm going to close it out here because i got to make some time here for an upcoming show coming in about another 20 minutes. But the increase offers rare concrete evidence that the Supreme Court's decision has galvanized female voters, though the data gives it little indication of whether the shift will be large enough or broad enough or persistent enough to affect the outcome of the midterm elections in November. Really? Oh, boy. And if that's true, folks, we're all uh, – oof. I'm telling you. But, you know, uh, folks, this is the crap that we have to deal with. This is the type of crap that we have to deal with in a divided America. Like I said, we are becoming more divided than ever. I've said this time after time. And the words stick very, very uh, high in that angle, folks. America, where's your decision going to be? And I'll say this once and I'll say it again. United we stand. Divided we fall. It's not a politician's decision if we fall. It's the ultimate decision of the American public. Guys, I want to thank you very much for tuning in today on the Savage Brief. Um, Please, guys, if you like this uh, episode, please hit that like, that follow button. Uh, We are on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, now on Alexa as well as every other major podcast platform. Also putting amazing content on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at Savage Unfiltered. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, guys. Just search Savage Unfiltered Podcast and we'll pop right up. With that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode. We're bringing back Branch Isolay. That's right, guys. We're scheduled to have a conversation with him in the next 20 minutes. So you're going to want to look for that episode shortly after this, later on this afternoon with Branch Insulay. Tremendous, tremendous individual. I've had him on my show now three times here. So uh, check us out, Branch Insulay, later this afternoon. Uh, Should be a really good episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one.